This is Sean Lehman from Middle Age and Creeped Out, and we have unfreaking believable podcasts. Welcome to this exciting episode of Unfreaking Believable. We invite you to pull up a chair, relax, and join in for the next 30 minutes or so. We'll bring you guests who are going to share with you moments that made a difference in their lives. And it's all because of one inciting incident. We believe that life is infinitely stranger than fiction, stranger than anything the mind can invent. You might even say it's unfreaking believable. Welcome to the podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Jen. I'm Jenny. And I'm Betsy. And I have to kick off the day with a hearty hello to my, my friends. I've missed you guys since we last spoke. And I'm glad to see you. Hopefully everyone is in good health. Everybody doing well? Doing good. Yes, excited for tonight. Awesome. Are you ready to learn something? Always. Yes. Okay, so I have uh, a word for the day for you that is especially close to my heart today. And that Mm -hmm. is a pun, and you'll see in a minute. The word for today is borborum. 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 Borborum is that that rumbling sensation when your tummy is empty. (laughs) That sounds sad. It is sad. And I haven't Uh, eaten any solid food today. So I have uh, a sense of boardroom right now. uh, That was why I chose the word for the day. Well chosen. (laughs) Yes. So. All right. So I think Jenny has some fun facts for us. I do. I have three quick fun facts for us today. And the first one is the whole nine yards. Now we've all heard this one and it comes from back during World War II, fighter pilots used a nine yard chain of ammunition. So when a pilot unloaded all his ammunition on one target, he was given it the whole nine yards. That's awesome. I always thought that was a football reference. I did too. Right. All right. All right. The next one's quick and simple. This one, it's spill the beans. And this one dates back to ancient Greek. And um, it was an ancient Greek method of placing either a black or white bean in a jar to cast your vote. And if somebody spilled the jar, then the election results would be revealed prematurely. And none of us wants to be spilling the beans. All right. All right. And this next one, this last one, I think is quite hilarious. I never knew where this one came from. And it's mind your own beeswax. And this dates back to the 18th and 19th century where women used to use beeswax the way we use foundation to cover blemishes. And if another woman got too close and started noticing, the wearer would shoo them away by saying, mind your own beeswax. (laughs) I would never have guessed that. Me either. That's true. But I will, flashing back to your second fact, I do live in Florida. And um, we we do occasionally have election problems yeah. here. Dangling chairs. And I think <laughs> maybe maybe we should go back to the bean counting method. Just saying. Yeah. I'm looking at you, West Palm Beach. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like that. All right, you guys ready to get started? I am. Let's do yes. this. All right. Well, this week is my pick, so I get to introduce our guest. Sean Lehman is the co-host of the wildly popular paranormal middle-aged and creeped out podcast. He's originally from Kokomo, Indiana and the graduate of Indiana University Allied School of Medicine 
and a member of the American Occupational Therapy Association. His interest includes neurorehabilitation, orthopedics, inpatient acute rehab, and Sean is a husband and father and a friend of the show, and we're honored to have him on. Sean, did I get any of that right? Uh, yeah, those are lies, all lies, honestly. <laughs> all lies, okay. Well, I wanted to just pump you up so you'd feel really good going into this conversation. Did I Did I do that? You did, you did great. You did, I'm glad you didn't mention the uh, my involvement in the mafia, so that's all I cared about. <laughs> oh, yes, I, I knew that I did not want to get bumped off anytime exactly. soon, and I know that you know a guy, so yeah. I'll edit all that out later, I promise. Yeah, I appreciate that greatly. Yeah. <laughs> Good work, yeah, I appreciate you Well, welcome it. to the show, Sean. It is a thrill to get to visit with you. I always enjoy hearing your voice and uh, <clears throat> following you guys on Middle Age and Creeped Out and hearing what you're up to. I appreciate that greatly, and it's hard. You have no idea how hard it is for me to stay quiet while you guys are talking, and I want to interject, and I'm like, nope. Don't interject yet. So, <laughs> well, the good news is you you are now free and loose, and you can interject all you like. Exactly. Be on that edit button, though. That's a Nate. I give him a workout most nights. <laughs> it can't be worse than us. It's all right. All right. So we're gonna play a little game called Rapid Fire: This or That. Okay, I'm ready. So all you have to tell me is which one of those you pick as quick as you can. So we're gonna start with an easy one: Coke or Pepsi. Uh, Coke. Paper or plastics? Paper. Waverly Hills or Indiana State? Ooh, Waverly. Waverly Hills. I had a feeling that's, that's what you're that was a, That's a hard that, one. That's one of the creepiest places you guys have ever been. And every time you guys talk about that, I'm like, oh, I want to go with them next time. I love the ISS too, though, to be fair. I, I, that's a hard one. But yeah, I'd say Waverly. How far is Waverly from where you guys live? You're just outside of Indianapolis, two, right? Yeah, about two and a half hours. Yeah, just yeah, uh, drive south on 65, basically. I've driven by it. I've never been in, but I have driven by it because I was I was there for, I was in, in town for a uh, national debate tournament a couple of years ago, and uh, we drove right by. Uh, so. It is so worth the, the drive there. I've been trying to convince people to go, including my wife. Um, not overnight necessarily, although overnight is an amazing experience. But it, it's like a fortress. It really is. But it, it, I, I highly recommend it to anybody. We want to go back for sure. Yeah. Betsy, sure. how far is that from Oklahoma? Well, it was 10 hours to get to Indianapolis. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I would have to take a plane. But my sister lives kind of nearby. Um, so I could go stay with her. And I have no doubt that I could rope her in to go with me. So count me in, Sean, whenever you go. And it's not even just the haunting aspect. It's the historical aspect of it is fascinating on top, which I love that kind of stuff anyway. So uh, you have to, even in, like I said, the daytime, you would, people would really love it, even just for the history of exactly. it. So why don't you tell our listeners about the Middle Age and Creeped Out podcast, kind of how you guys got started and how you got involved with it? Well, it's a, it's a, I, I still call it a COVID baby. Um, back in uh, uh, 2020, basically when everything was shut down, uh, Todd and I had become friends and I, when I moved into the Plainfield area, which was in 2016, um, we, our boys played uh, baseball together. So in 2017, he and I started talking in the dugouts and, you know, sharing stories about each other's, our sons and our families and everything. And so uh, our wives and us, we'd go out to dinner and then he started inviting me to like guy stuff, you know, so we do uh, guy groups and stuff. Well, when COVID hit, nobody wanted to go out. Nobody could go out. And uh, when things started slowly opening up, uh, Todd, you know, he'd still invite everybody and nobody would come except for me. 
I'd tell him, I'm like, I'll go wherever you want to go. I don't care. I don't even care if people think we're out there, you know, uh, boyfriends hanging out or whatever. I'm like, we just need, I'd love to get out. So we would sit there and we talk and we had all these interesting discussions. Some of the weird and paranormal stuff would, uh, would come up. And then he started telling me he was going to start a podcast. And he had friends around the country, about like three at that time. And uh, one of them he'd gone to see, and that's Jerry and Tracy Polly from uh, Hillbilly Horror okay. Stories. And he started telling me about that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. They're amazing. They're, they're like our uh, parents slash grandparents in the podcast field. Uh, the pod father. Podcast. And uh, the pod father. You got it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so he had gone down there and like gotten on an episode with them. And he's like, I got the bug, you know. So I had encouraged him because he's a huge talker and he's very, I'm, I'm funny because I'm extroverted, but I'm an introverted extrovert. And uh, so I do wear down, but he never wears down. Like, I mean, he's, you know, but, uh, so I told him, I said, you should do it. I'll be your first listener. You know, I could be a guest, whatever. And, uh, so he had gone and, th and thought about it and he came back and he's like, I'm going to do that podcast thing, but I want somebody to do it with me. And he invited me to do it. And I came up with all kinds of reasons not to do it. And I didn't want to, you know, didn't have time and all that stuff. And um, the more we talked about it, the more we talk, thought about how we could do it. And we talked to our wives and we didn't have the, we, Nate wasn't part of it until a few days before we started. We had ordered everything. We got the, my sister made the logo. We got all this planning for it. And um, we decided like, we have no idea how to run any of this stuff. And so Jenna had suggested I check with Nate because he's been a friend of mine forever and ever and ever. And uh, he's like, yeah, sure, I'll come over. So he came over, just hooked up a couple things and, you know, we just went with it. And uh, it was after the more we did it, it was just like kind of magical. You know, we had Nate start talking and um, we decided that we wanted to do paranormal. We wanted to do unexplained and all these creepy things. But then we also wanted to, to give back and do the mental health aspect. And so that was a big thing that we talked about. Like, I want to do my middle age moment, which has become the middle age moment slash dark side. And it really focuses on the mental health. We give out the information for people to get help um, who are struggling. Um, and all three of us have talked about our own struggles. And so it, it's building a community of mental health. But uh, so we record every Wednesday, um, you know, drop episodes Wednesdays and, and Saturdays um, just for people to enjoy. But then also, like I said, some, a place for uh, that support and mental health because people do reach out to us and they tell us, you know, what they're struggling with. But people also share their um, success in life and the positive things that they're, they're going through as well, which I love that. It, you know, it's good to have that yin and yang. For sure. And you have some really loyal listeners too. I mean, I've, I've definitely heard, you know, you, you have names of people that have become almost like long distance friends. It seems like they're basically our captains, but yes, uh, yeah, they're loyal. <laughs> they're locked up in cages and yeah, they listen. No, I'm kidding. But we do. Yeah. They're, uh, they come up, uh, there's too many to count to name. And I know if I start naming them, I'm, I'm going to leave them out. So I won't do that. But yeah, some of them have, we're our friends or family. And some of them are, yeah, we have completely made connections across the country and around the world um, just through this podcast. And it's pretty impressive and, and amazing to us. So it's, it's humbling. We're just, it's two and a half, almost three years later. Um, and we are, I'm still shocked that anybody outside of the three of us want to listen to the three of us talk. Um, our wives remind us of that all the time, but. Yeah, I never miss an episode. I'm, I'm one of those loyal fans, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because if I miss an episode, I feel like I've missed something important. So I, I'm, I may not catch it right away, but I always go back and listen to anything I might've missed because I don't want, I don't want to miss a moment. I, the guests are great. The chatter is great. The dynamic between you and the guys is great. 
the mission is great. The whole mental health thing. When I saw that, I mean, that's really one of the things that drew me in because in my line of work, in my day job, mental health is very important. And that's something that we talk about a lot in the safety profession. And so to see that, you know, you know, that, that call for action, reach out if you need help, if you're struggling, we're here. Um, that's special. And I, I hope you guys realize that. Yeah, it, it is something that it's the openness and the honesty that I loved about it too. Yeah, and that's what we try to do. And, and people started telling us, um, it is one of the things that people started telling us within those first even 10 episodes that you don't hear guys sit there and talk about the feelings and emotions and the need for mental health. And we just thought that it was so important. It came out of us naturally. When we would come to the end of these episodes, we just had this energy flowing. And I, I called it magic in a bottle. Uh, I, I told him, I'm like, boys, we've got some magic here. And it just, it is just the way we're expressing our, ourselves is just really fun. And uh, something that's natural for me, but I, you know, I normally share with patients and, and within family and friends, not so much, you know, with all these people listening, but the more we did it, the more it just felt very natural. Because we used to try to be a little more polished and we wanted to sound professional and we wanted to sound like we knew what we were doing. And if you notice as, as, as the episodes go on, we kind of just started doing our, you know, uh, a little bit more off the cuff and natural. And that's what we wanted to feel like, like three guys just sitting there talking and enjoying because that's what we're doing. Um, and that seemed to work a lot better. And we enjoy it even more when we're not trying to like, I had page after page of research and really thought I had to stick that we called it script, not script. And like I said, we started giving ourselves that freedom of just let's have some fun with it. And, and that's really where, where we've gone with it all after all these years. And I think that's what helps to keep it afloat too. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you found a happy medium. Yeah. It seems like. It's funny when Betsy and I first started about doing a podcast and there were things we wanted to do on it. Mental health was one of the big ones I wanted to do. I'm a retired firefighter. I've battled with PTSD. I still live with it. But that's when I discovered you guys because Betsy's like, no, 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 you got to listen to Mako, you know, that you guys do that. And I absolutely love the open and raw honesty with it. That is awesome. Because there needs to be, yeah, there needs to be more out there. Jenny, thank you for your service, number one. I really appreciate that greatly. And I understand the PTSD um, as well completely. So um, God bless you for that. And uh, right on. Thank you. It's nice because, um, you know, that is like we all are living these uh, we're living our, our stories, you know, everybody's got their own story. You guys can obviously um, understand that completely because you guys take that to people, which I love. And, um, but we're all completing each other's stories too. And it's just funny because some days we're the main character, oh, we're all supposed to be the main character and obviously the hero, heroes and heroines of our stories. But sometimes like it's dull, you know, and it's funny how we can like just connect with each other and like, oh, it's not that bad or it's not that dull or, you know, it's just, it's just funny how it ebbs and flows. Um, so I love the fact that, you know, sometimes my, you know, I, I would think, you know, even now people say, oh gosh, it's so exciting what you do and, and, you know, having a family and doing podcasts, but there are days where I feel like, man, am I really doing anything? So it's funny that, you know, I, I know that I'm impacting people, but it's really easy to, to let some of that either mental illness or anxiety, depression, um, or the, the daily, uh, you know, stresses get to you. So it, it's all of us and it's truly affecting all of us. So um, I, I like to bring light out there. Well, and Sean, I mean, that harkens back to a conversation you and I had uh, when I was on your show. We talked about imposter syndrome. That's right. Yes. And and that's something that I think a lot of people in sort of the creative space um, deal with on a regular basis. Definitely. 
Yeah, I've been doing a lot of research and I'm writing some articles on imposter syndrome. I've done presentations on it for writers. You know, that's there's always this little voice in the back of our heads that say we're not good enough and we only got here because we're lucky. But I'm also finding in my professional world that people who suffer with imposter syndrome are also at very high risk for burnout. Yes. And there are days when I feel very much burned out, but I always have to revisit my mission and why am I doing what I'm doing? Because for me, <clears throat> that's really what keeps me going in the safety profession is as I have a mission to protect lives. Right. And in my writing, my mission is to tell good stories and to help people get through their hard days. So when you look at it that way, you have to put yourself aside and, and tell the story that needs to be told. And, and that's what you guys do with your podcast is you tell the story that needs to be told. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's actually a really cool way to think of that. The, um, I have a friend of mine, she's a doctor. She's becoming, she was, uh, she and I have been have connected on Messenger, you know, uh, even though we don't work together anymore. And she does uh, life coaching. And she said, you know, I give you free sessions and I can charge you for them if, if you want to be, you know, one of my guinea pigs. And I was like, oh yeah, sign me up. I've never done anything like that. So she said, I have to record part of it, but we can talk a little before and we'll talk a little bit after, but then you know, the part that I record, I'm being graded on. And it was fascinating. It was supposed to be a half an hour and it ended up being an hour. And she's like, oh, I'm really sorry that took so long. I'm like, oh no, I love it. And I told her about this and she said, please let me know when this drops. So she is, uh, her name is Anupama. By the way, she the, the way she always told us to remember her name is Arnold Palmer. You know, with a little bit of a, <laughs> I like that. Mama, and she's awesome. I've known her for years. Um, very, very positive force out there. But she and I were talking about the imposter syndrome as well. Um, she, I went through and told her a lot. And she had she and I had talked a little bit about the year and how it had been. But after she, afterwards, she's like, I'm really sorry because I don't think that I knew how crazy your year was. And I was like, yeah, and I didn't know how much to delve into it, but since it was a life coaching uh, session, which was awesome, by the way, like I said, but um, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. And some, one thing she said, you know, I, I brought up that I don't feel like I can be the Superman I used to be, and I have the Superman, um, you know, mentality. And um, I'm trying to find how to do that again or how to be, you know, mm -hmm. find my standards. And she's like, well, what if you're just, you know, evolving into a different hero or better than you were before. You know, that is uh, like a new thought because the old thought obviously isn't yeah. working for me. And so I told her, she said, how's that thought working for you? I go, it's not, it's not serving me anymore. So she's like, we need to just figure out a new one and, and reprogram you. So, uh, yeah, that's terrific. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about how your year's gone? Because that's really your unfreaking believable story. Are, are you ready to tell it? I am. I am. All right. All right, the floor is yours. Sir. Thank you. This is, um, well, first of all, I told a little bit during one of our episodes um, after it happened. It was a Saturday after it happened. And um, other than that, I've mentioned it a few times in our podcast, and I and I haven't really told a lot of people in at length what, what happened. And I'll try to be, uh, it, it would take probably hours to really delve into all of it. So I'll be, I'll give you the shortened version. Um, but I did actually tell a, a patient and his, his uh, daughter today because she brought up while I was treating him about losing her son back in 2016 from an underlying heart condition. So I decided that it, I haven't told patients very much about this. And just because it's, it's, it's very nice to be able to say, I do understand what you're saying and I've, I've been there. Um, but it was funny because when I, after I told her, and I, I will tell you guys, but um, 
she wanted to know she said um you know with with the what uh, the experience i had it brought tears to her eyes basically and she was comforted because she knew that her son was in a good place and he has had a, a son a, a son himself so she has a grandson who his legacy is being carried on through that and it, it it reminded me why i do what i do as an occupational therapist to help people but i was just supposed to be there at that time to tell her my experience yeah. so i kept thinking and she said something i told her i said i haven't really told a lot of people this and i said i'm actually going to talk about it tonight and she said um you need to you need to start telling people so this is this is my opportunity to do that. Um, <clears throat> but on February 22nd of this year, uh, I had worked and a couple of days I had been feeling kind of bad. Uh, a little, I thought it was a little bit of a stomach bug and um, but nothing to slow me down or, or, you know, no fevers or anything like that. Nothing to keep me home from work. And um, so it was a Wednesday night, which is a, a normal podcasting night for us. And I'd had dinner with the with the kids and with Jenna, my, my wife and kids. And uh, they hadn't noticed that I really wasn't feeling good. And, um, but I did, I felt a little bit spacey and, um, I left to go podcast. I had my bag with me and all that kind of stuff. And I'm the one that has the computer that we record on. And, uh, so I sat in the car and I just started feeling dizzy and really cold. And I sat there for a good, I don't know, it seemed like five to 10 minutes. And I, um, I thought I'm not safe to drive this car. And, but I sat there and I thought, well, maybe if I give myself a minute, and I really didn't know whether if I put it in reverse, whether I go forward or backward. So I shut the car off. I left the bag in the car and I went inside and I sat down and Jenna said, I thought you already left. What are you doing here? I said, I just don't feel right. I said, I'm feeling dizzy. I feel cold. I feel like something's wrong. And she said, oh, it's probably just an indigestion. You know, give yourself some time. Don't cancel on the guys yet, you know. So <clears throat> I went upstairs. I don't really remember a whole lot after I went upstairs. It started, I started losing time. I started like a lot of it's kind of, it's, it's almost like some of it was like watching a, a movie and being an outside observer. Um, <clears throat> but apparently I had a conversation with Nate. I called him told him I didn't feel good. I told him I needed, I, he says that I said I, I needed a shower and I needed to go to bed. And he said he didn't see any red flags. Um, the kids kind of came by and, and checked on me and were talking to me like, are you going to go to the podcast? And <clears throat> apparently I took a shower, put my pajamas on. And um, I talked to Jenna and Jenna was, uh, I guess she said she had been somewhat frustrated with me. Like, what are you doing and what's going on? And am I supposed to take the computer over there or whatever? You know, and I, apparently I told her, go ahead and take the computer. And um, <clears throat> so she, she was over there and that, to go to Nate's is roughly about 15, 20 minutes away. So she went over there to run to the guys. The guys were saying, hey, what's going on? And uh, I really, I don't remember communicating beyond with Nate. So my son was kind of watching out for me and my wife had told him like, Hey, he's having some indigestion, you know, find him some Tums or whatever. So <clears throat> he had helped me to go to bed and I laid down and he was talking to my wife and he said, there's something wrong with dad. I guess I'd fallen at some point too. And he helped me up. And uh, so he helped me in bed and he, he FaceTimed with, she's like, well, FaceTime with, you know, uh, he's fine. You know? And so he said, my eyes were fluttering. And he said, you know, I just didn't look right. So when he FaceTimed with her, he, uh, <clears throat> she said, oh my God, he, you, you got to call 911. Like now, I'm, I'm heading home right now. And uh, so she, he called 911 and he's bigger than, I'm not a huge guy, but he's bigger than I am. And he just turned 16. So he's 15 at this time. And he helped to, the, the 911 operator basically said, get him on a flat surface, take it, you know, he's in bed, take him down to the floor <clears throat> and uh, check his heart rate and all this stuff. And, and my son said, uh, his name's Harrison. And he said, uh, I don't know, his heart's going so fast, I can't count how fast it's going. And I ended up, I was in ventricular tachycardia, we later found out. 
<clears throat> and uh, so he had him do four sets of uh, cardio thumping. And my son had only seen this in health class. He had, he's not trained in CPR or anything like that. But he listened to his instructions. He stayed calm. The other kids apparently were freaking out and yelling and screaming and crying. And so he got me back. And I, I came back up uh, like the undertaker. And I think the kids said that I said something like I had died and I was crying and I was uh, talking about seeing Jesus and, and asking for, for help. And um, what I remember in that part, and I believe it was during this part, is that I was in, I had a near-death experience. I, had, I was wrapped in white light. Um, I remember feeling very light, uh, blissful, a place that I could have easily stayed. I don't remember seeing anything, though. I just remember being um, surrounded by peace and, and loved ones and things like that, but nobody specific. I didn't see, um, you know, God or Jesus or anything like that, but I felt like that presence was with me. And apparently I was communicating with it. Um, so the uh, it's funny because I joke, and I tell this part of the story too, that um, this really didn't happen. Some people thought that I was, I was being serious. But I, I said that I had a uh, walk with Jesus on the beach. And he told me, you know, the good news is that it's not your time. You're going back. The bad news is you're going to have to deal with your wife. And I have no idea what you're going to do. And I'm the one, the creator. That <laughs> I have, you know. <laughs> and I met your wife. Right. And so uh, it's funny because I, I heard, I guess I came to, I was able to answer questions with the EMTs. They, they were coming around and talking to Jenna and, and they said, you know, he's going to the hospital. So they helped me down the stairs. I was able to walk down the stairs on the stretcher. On the stretcher, I went into the uh, ambulance. And um, I do kind of remember my daughter telling me that she loved me, our 14 year old, which I, she rarely talks to me or we feel, I feel a little bit disconnected from her. So I do remember that. And I remember thinking, Oh, she does love me, you know. So that that was a, a, a nice moment of that. But once they put me in the emergency or in the uh, <clears throat> ambulance, I started going back into ventricular tachycardia and had some more episodes. And uh, so anyway, in the um, uh, when I got to the uh, hospital, they um, I went into a coma. Basically, I was in a coma for five or six hours, and they uh, were they put me into an MRI, and they said if he's not out of this coma after the MRI, we're going to put him on the vent. And that's what they told Jenna. So Jenna and Jenna and Nate's wife, they're both nurses. They were in the, in the um, uh, emergency room. So it was my mother-in-law, Harrison was there. And I think one other nursing friend that we had, Jamie, um, that I, I don't remember any of this, but Jenna was doing a lot of like um, uh, noxious stimuli, like twisting me and pinching me and yelling in my ear. Uh, she also, I, I believe she's threatening me, but I don't know. She said she wouldn't, but she said, uh, <laughs> she said that she would tell me like, I love you. Please come back to me. Come back to me. I'll be nice to you and all that stuff, which she did renege on that, all that, by the way. But, um, so I don't remember any of that, but, uh, she, uh, apparently they put a uh, catheter in me. She had a nasal trumpet that she kept twisting that is supposed to be very painful. None of that caused any like reactions for me. And, um, but after the MRI, I came to basically. And my son was there, and they were all amazed that I was starting to come too. And my son knows that I like the Beatles, so he said, would you like me to play the Beatles? And I said, uh, yeah. And he said, what do you want to hear? And I told him, across the universe. And he said, oh, okay. And so he started playing it. And he said, Dad, why would you want to hear that? And I said, because that's where I was at. And so, oh, wow. yeah. So then it took another probably 11, 12 hours for me to fully come out of it. But I remember there were a lot of doctors that came to see us. And, and they, I remember the first one I kind of remember talking to, I said, you know, what happened to me? And they said, we don't know. They said, you basically 
went back, you know, like back up to the cliff, did like a triple Lindy off. And then you come back. We don't know why, but we're glad you're here. And so it was one of the things I, I got put through. You know, I had IVs in me and I had people from work coming. My mom came, my brother and sister came. You know, Jenna was there. I FaceTimed with the kids and, you know, they drew me pictures and all this stuff. And I did therapy. And so I, I got to go in, within a couple of days back home. And I, in my mind, I kept thinking, oh, I'll go back to work on Monday. I'll be fine. You know, and they said, Sean, you're not going to go back to work on Monday. You might not go back to work for a while. Well, I thought maybe like a week or two then, you know, that seemed like a long time to me. It was ended up being two and a half, three months. So wow. they were looking, they looked for uh, what, you know, they put me on a cardiac monitor. They had me, you know, go to, uh, you know, all these specialties and all this kind of stuff. And so it ended up being uh, Wolf Parkinson's white syndrome is what they found. And that's a, it's a rare condition that causes you to go into ventricular tachycardia, uh, rapid heart rate. And most of the time that's not a big deal. Um, but in my case it was, and it was almost fatal. And I did that on the monitor, I guess. Um, and uh, so they were going to do an ablation. They were going to do a defibrillator. And uh, they went through that. They, they found I did not need the defibrillator, which is awesome. But I was ready and prepared for that. So I've been on heart medication and all that kind of stuff. I did get back to work in June. Uh, couldn't drive for a little while. Um, but I'm back to that. And um, I tried, I've had to kind of build up my stamina. I'm still working on that. Um, and I've had to also, um, you know, kind of go through my own mental health, uh, you know, with the cardiology and the condition, I couldn't be put on regular antidepressants. And so for a while there was like, is there something that I can take? Because this is a dark place. It felt, I would describe the Jenna like being buried, you know, in, in underground and not fully like, you know, not dirt being thrown on you exact or not being completely covered, but every once in a while somebody throw dirt on you and you're like, okay, is anybody going to help me out of here? You know, that's what it felt like. And, um, and that's even though, you know, all this was turned out good. Uh, so eventually they did have me see a psychiatrist and I've been on medication that's heart health or heart safe. Um, and then going through counseling because I told them, I said, this has been an experience, you know, to, and there's not a lot, it's not like you can say, Hey, um, you know, there how many groups are out there that have near death experiences and life changing, you know, things. And, um, but, uh, but I had, had been through it and I, for me, I think, oh, you know, I'm just ready to go tell the masses and be positive and Hey, look, I overcame this. And, um, it's, it's not really been quite that magical. Um, but I've been trying, you know, uh, it's funny because the guys are like, Hey, you still got to come and record, you know, and Saturday, just sit in. And, um, I, and Jenna had said, uh, I told her, I said, I'm not going to be up for it. I'm going to want to just rest. And, and she's like, well, just go sit with them. That, that, that's not going to hurt anything. And so I went there and I sat and they said, hey, do you want to say a little bit? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I will. You know? And so and then I ended up doing a couple episodes with them. And it was really good for my soul. So, but, uh, so even through the difficulties of it. Um, and like I said, I feel like I'm still doing that. I'm still kind of that phoenix trying to come out of the ashes. But then who knows what's going to come you know, from all of that. But, um, you know, I, I do, I know I need to start telling the story more and making sure that I'm um, helping give people hope. And, and, and um, like I said, that lady today, that was, she said, um, so do you think my son was in that same place where you were at? And I said, oh, I know he was. Like, I know that's exactly where we all go. And I said, obviously it wasn't my time, but my God, it was a place that I could have stayed and, and been fine to stay. You know, I know my wife and kids and family and friends needed me. Um, and my time here wasn't done, but it was, um, God, it was beautiful. You know, it really was. Yeah. I think that a lot of people are under an assumption that when you go to, to the light, to the beautiful place, 
to the place that we're all destined to go, that if you came back, that that you would just be so happy and, and you've seen heaven and that that would be a beautiful and wonderful place, you know, coming back. But the real truth is that most people who do have experiences like that come back and they really struggle. Yeah. So kudos to you though, for working through it and getting help. Well, my dad was a Vietnam vet and um, it's funny because he had, I always heard uh, my mom would say, well, he has survivor's guilt. And um, I think what in the world is that? It's wonderful to be alive. Why would you ever have survivor's guilt? You know, when you see your friends and, you know, compatriots dying around you. I, and I never had experienced that. I don't know what war is like, but I can understand what the, you know, the survivor's guilt is. Why me? Because I would hear like these stories about people would die unexpectedly young, you know, and accidents and all this. And I think, man, how come I got to be, how come I got to live? And they didn't, you know, and you do, you feel, as Jenna would say, I don't know why you're worried about that. Like that seems so silly, but it, it, it was something that I've had to work through for sure. I think it all comes back to that purpose. You've got yeah. a purpose. You've got something you're meant to do. And, and, you know, it's going to take you some time to take care of you and then find that purpose. That's right. Well, one of the things I was uh, wondering, Sean, as you were telling your story is, is how is your son dealing with his role in all of this and sort of the after effects of that? How is he doing? He's doing very well. Thank you for asking, actually. Um, he handles it just like a, a regular teenage boy. He doesn't, it's funny because he's a very humble kid and he doesn't, it, I, I've been amazed at like, even like his football coaches and, and some of his best friends, I didn't realize they didn't know or hadn't heard about it. And they're like, oh my gosh, you did that Harrison, you know, or Harry. And um, he doesn't really talk about it much. And it's funny because right after it happened every day, I grab him and hug him and tell him and thank him for life. And I still do that. Um, it's kind of funny because I still have to parent him, which is interesting because, you know, I mean, he could totally say, dude, I saved your life, you know, like, I don't think I'm going to, right? And, um, I think I'm going to this party. <laughs> exactly. But, um, and I have, I've, I've found that balance out of still parent him, but he's doing really, really well. Um, you know, and we've been trying, we've tried to make sure that he, you know, has plenty of, uh, you know, if he needs to talk about it or, you know, and I was, I, I always let him know, Hey, I'm here and I'm going to be here as long as I possibly can. If, uh, if I'm not, it's not meant to be, but, um, you know, I'm thankful to have obviously be here, you know, to be his father, but yeah, he's doing amazing. He really is. He's an amazing kid. You're giving inspiration to people with your, I always refer to it as like climbing out of a pit of darkness, right? You know, being cha being chained to a wall, watching the shadows. If I'm going to compare it to anything, I'll go right to the allegory of the cave. But you're giving inspiration with people for that. But also at the same time, how about some uh, physical health awareness that, you know, you know, as an EMT, because I was a firefighter and an EMT, you know how many people we found, men especially, on the toilet thinking it's indigestion and that's where their life ended. So you're spreading a couple sure. of messages here, you know awareness and positivity right. yeah and it's you know being 44 i sit here and think you know like oh i'm too young to be that old but you know you know you just never know and like i said i hear some of these i've heard horror stories over the years as a as a therapist in the medical field but uh, yeah when it becomes you it's like oh crap you know and um but yeah so no i'm happy to do that as well um and it's funny oh i was gonna say one more thing about harrison um he's he was a center 
Uh, he got to start. He's a sophomore, but he got to start varsity this year as a center for his his school in Plainfield. And um, I was very very proud of that. Like that is uh, that was just That's awesome. Awesome. And after every game, um, he'd always come to the sideline. He was looking for Jen and I. And uh, we would always meet him up there no matter what. And uh, I'd grab him by the shoulder pads and I'd bring him close and I'd tell him how much I loved him. And I'd kiss him on the head. And I said, uh, I told him, I said, are you embarrassed by that? And I said, is that, and he said, no, daddy. He's like, I love that you do that. So I, I just, yeah, that's I had nice. to, I had to, that, yeah, that's, that's something special that we have. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I just, I just want to say what Harrison did was absolutely amazing. Uh, I teach first aid CPR. And every time I hear that, somebody that are even if it's not me that was the instructor if it's one of the, the the students that came through our training center that they when they save a life we try to recognize that because it's absolutely amazing and i have done cpr once in my life on somebody who was in distress and we got him back i broke ribs so i hope harrison didn't break any ribs but um i hip ribs will heal and so you know just to to know that that he had that ability and just the peace of mind and the calmness to follow instructions, do what he had to do. Um, just shout out to him because yeah. that's amazing. He did not break ribs, but my chest was sore for months after. I, he did a good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. <laughs> good, good. good. And, well, I mean, you had a center hike in your heart there. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Move 42. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am grateful for it too. <laughs> well, I just think it's it's such an amazing story, and I imagine um, being a person of faith that it's caused a, a great deal of introspection, not just for you, but for your your whole family in terms of, um, you know, really bringing your faith into focus in in very sharp relief. That's true, and it has. Um, it's interesting because when I was uh, 15, I wanted to be a minister. That was one of the first occupations I thought I wanted, besides railroad engineer and dentistry, which is a, a whole other story. But um, I thought I wanted to be a minister. And it was at my grandparents, two of my grandparents had died that year. And uh, so I really thought that was my calling. And um, and since then, I have obviously did not be, become a, a minister. But I... Uh, have always had a, uh, a faith that has been um, something that I've wrestled with, though. I mean, I admit that I've gone up and down and all around, um, but I think that's what it's good. It's a good thing to do with your faith, um, you know, and, and uh, but it did this year. It has has felt um, I've, I've, I've actually just had this conversation with my mom not too long ago of uh, where I had felt forgotten for a little bit. And even with all these experiences, which is a little strange to feel, what you think? Was I forgotten or did, you know, because you do, you think, you know, I've got purpose, but after a while, you know, when you have those dark moments and those dark feelings, you think you do, you feel disconnected from everybody else and you feel disconnected from God. And that's one of the worst depressions I think you can have is when you feel that disconnection. Yeah, totally agree with that. All right, Sean, this is your chance. Why don't you tell us about, uh, tell all of our listeners about the Middle-Aged and Creeped Out podcast where they can find you how they can listen to your podcast and learn more about you and the guys because y'all are awesome. So go 
pitch. I will do. Um, we record our episodes. We have uh, our regular episodes are roughly about an hour and a half, an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half, most of them. Um, and they drop on Wednesday nights at seven o'clock typically. And then we have many episodes that drop on Saturday afternoons about three o'clock. Uh, and we do that every every week. Um, we're on every listening uh, podcast uh, you know, platform you can find out there. So if you listen to it, we're on it. Um, we have uh, a, a email address. It's makeopodcast.gmail.com. It's two A's. I should know this stuff. Like, two A's. Yeah, this is on the script, not script. So I normally have to read it. I can do this part. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, and we're on what, however many social medias are out there, Facebook, well, not all of them actually, because we don't do like Snapchats and all that. We should at some point, uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, which is what X now and TikTok. So it's make a podcast, uh, on all of those, uh, or middle Asian creeped out. If you look it up, uh, you'll find us. We have groups out there that you can join, uh, especially Facebook. That's one of our bit, most interactive, um, and where people actually reach out to us to get. Uh, get help. Um, I, we try to post, I post every day about something normally inspirational, sometimes a little funny or, you know, off the cuff, but um, we try to bring some light to people's life every day that we can. We make ourselves pretty accessible. So, um, and we do, we have that mental health support um, and we always give out the information for that 988 and, uh, you know, texting 741741. So um, it is, it is something that is like that hits close to home with us um, and then sharing our lives uh, with everybody is, is a lot of fun, but we do, we enjoy talking about paranormal, creepy, unexplained. We have, uh, guest chats on there. Um, we've had, uh, you know, obviously several authors, you guys are, have been awesome to, to come on there. Uh, Jenny, we got to have you on there. And, um, so we, you're right. Uh, and we, you know, we help plug each other's podcasts and I'm so excited for you guys to have, be in the podcast arena because it's awesome and you guys are going to have a great time. So, uh, I applaud you guys for starting. Um, you guys are going to do amazing. Just give it time. Don't rush it. And um, just let your audience, I promise, is out there and, and it'll grow just naturally. It's a very organic thing. So uh, like I said, kudos to you guys. You're, you're part of the community now. Right on. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. And we're part of the community because of people like you and the guys at Mako. Because I think when I was on your show, I specifically said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. I want it to kind of be like yours. Not exactly. I, we have a script, not script, but you know, uh, we do our shout outs. We have our picks, but for the most part, it's not like you, but it's like you because we love you and we appreciate you guys and everything that you do in the podcast community. So thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that. And the funny thing is, is that you guys, I love you guys' work and it is, I'm a, you know, I, I, I geek out, you know, with you guys. And um, so it's, it's kind of, I have to pinch myself to be talking to what I, I consider, you guys are a big deal. You know, we joke about being a big deal, but uh, the three of you are a big deal. And the fact that you're starting this together is you're going to be the, tri the new trifecta and uh, watch out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, we want to thank you for being our guest today on Unfreaking Believable, Sean Lehman from Middle-Aged and Creeped Out Podcast. Thank you for sharing your Unfreaking Believable story. I'm so glad that you are with us and that we are able to, to share this with our audience and with your audience, um, because I really think it's an important message. And, and again, thank you for being here. Thank you for doing everything that you do. Uh, I want to thank my lovely co-hosts, my lassies who are also sassy girls. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, this is our girl time. This is our mental health. And, you know, we, we've been having a lot of planning meetings and 
you know, just kind of collaborating on some things. And so I really want to thank them and, and thank everybody for listening to the show. And thanks for being here. I was going to say one more quick story, uh, if I can, and you can either edit this out or in or however you want, but I have something that I wanted to share. Um, if you guys are okay with it. Absolutely. Um, yep. It is, uh, so Harrison, my oldest son, I have four wonderful kids. They're all wonderful. So if I'm, I'm only talking about a couple of them, it's, but I do, I love them each one. But Harrison um, had a football um, uh, banquet on Sunday. And uh, it was really cool because his coach got up and he's not much of a talker. He, they were trying to kind of get, you know, all the recognition for the varsity players. And, you know, they all had their ties on. They were dressed up. They looked like, you know, young men. And so it was a fun afternoon. But at the end, he said, you know, I had the boys read this book. And he said, I'm going to read a little excerpt from it. Um, and I'll give you just a, you know, kind of a, a, an overview of what he said. But it was, uh, it was really cool because he said, I, I, this, I want to impress this upon, you know, everybody here in this room. But he talked about, it, the book was talking about the, the Old West. And um, it, the specifically what he was talking about was that um, cows in the Old West, when storms would hit the, the plains, the storms would, uh, you know, be impossible to outrun. But the, the cows would try. That's what they they instinctively would run away from the storms. And it was, it didn't happen. They would always get caught up with and they would have injuries and they would have deaths, fatalities, right? And um, so there was all kind of carnage. The buffaloes in the, in the plains would have the opposite uh, reaction. They in, instinctively would run to the storm and they would do it as a herd. And they would uh, really try to just go to the heart of it. And it's interesting because they said doing that, they the storm would pass over them quicker. They would have less injury, less if, if no fatalities, and they would w literally weather the storm together as a group. And so he said, you know, men, I want you to be buffaloes. And I, I told Jen, I said, that really hit me hard because I said, you know, there have been some days where I felt definitely like a cow. I'm not talking about because of weight. But the, you know, I, 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 I want to continue to be that buffalo that I know that I can be and run into the storm. But it's interesting, you guys doing this together, too, that you guys are being buffaloes running directly into the storm. So um, that, to me, was just a beautiful story. And I wanted to share that with your listeners as well. Maybe that's your new hero. Instead of being the hero or the Superman in your story, you found your spirit animal. I'm the buffalo now, right? <laughs> yes. Very yes. true. Very I'm true. remember that. Right yep. on. Yeah, I like and it. And again, thank you so much for joining. And for our listeners too, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it on whatever platform you listen on. And you can also join us, um, our Unfrickin' Believable Facebook group, and follow us on TikTok and Instagram. And you can also visit our website at www.ufbpodcast. And if you have an unfreaking believable story, reach out to us at ufbpodcast at gmail.com because we'd like to hear your story too. Hey, Betsy, you want to send us out with a quote of the day? I do. I had two of them picked out, but I think I know exactly which one I need to use um, just based on our conversation. And this comes from Emery Lord. And he said, my dark days made me strong. Or maybe I was already strong and they made me prove it. Love that. I love that. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode. And remember, as you go out into the world these next couple of weeks, don't just be awesome. Be unfreaking believable. And we'll see you all next time. Bye.